Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 7 say this. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made to the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you through the blood and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, you're a good God. Lord, as we heard in Sunday school, you're, you're a good God. And uh, Lord, if uh, like David, David said, Lord, uh, you've treated me well because it was according to your word. And uh, Lord, Lord, if we'll just uh, trust you and trust you to do things according to your word, uh, dear God, we know that everything's going to be all right. Everything's all right in my Father's house. And Lord, I'm glad, uh, dear God, that we can celebrate, amen, the day that Christ arose and conquered the grave. And Lord, I, we should be excited about that. Lord, I pray that everybody here knows the power of the resurrection in their life, that they've all been born again by the grace of God. And if by chance there's somebody here today or listening today that's never been saved, oh God, what a great day would be for great Holy Ghost conviction to fall upon that heart. Lord, there's people we've been praying for and people we've witnessed to. And Lord, uh, wherever they are right now, I pray that Holy Ghost conviction would fall upon that heart, dear God, and their uh, eyes of understanding would be enlightened. And Lord, they would turn, and repent of their sins, and put their trust in the death, burial, resurrection, and shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray for the uh, physical needs among us. Lord, we think of Sister Muxlow today. Lord, we think of Sonny, uh, Sister Judy, Brother Thomas, uh, Sister Diane, and others, dear God, that are upon our heart. Lord, please uh, touch them and help them. And uh, Lord, people need wisdom and guidance. Lord, we pray for the church. Dear God, Lord, in everything, we have no desire but for your will to be done, that in everything you'd have the preeminence and get the glory. Now help us now as we look at this uh, thought through the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Now, of course, we know that every Sunday we, uh, in that sense, the fact that we have church on Sunday, we're celebrating uh, the resurrection on the first day of the week. But I'm glad we have a, a special day for that. You know, again, verse four says this, and declared to be the son of God with power. Amen. According to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. So we want to talk about that resurrection today. Again, today, once again, we set aside a special day to celebrate the resurrection of our blessed Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the only way of salvation. Amen. He is the only way. He's the only true hope. He's the only source of all that you need. Amen for time and eternity. He is the source. But uh, let's begin in verse 1. Again, Paul, amen. Well, you talk about a life transformed by the gospel. No doubt you read about Paul's life and that great day as he on that road to Damascus and what he became a servant of Jesus Christ. Boy, it's a privilege to serve the Lord. Amen. I look back and uh, 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 over uh, next month will be 36 years since I was born again. Amen. And I look back and boy, I say, what? A, what I tell people all the time, man, you know, I, uh, when, when, when I travel, when I witness people, I say, I tell people all the time, I say, you know what? I've lived a life beyond anything I could imagined. 
And, I, that's, and again, the only way I can say that is because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. He gets all the credit because it's been all of him uh, that he's done it. But it's a privilege to be, serve the Lord and to be a servant of the Lord. I willingly, amen, submit myself as a servant for the service of the Lord. <laughs> Called to be an apostle. <laughs> and here it is. Separated unto the gospel. The gospel of God. The gospel. Boy, we're thankful for the gospel. You know, of course, you go down to verse 16. It says this. Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. There's power in the gospel, and it is the power of the resurrection that is the power of the gospel. Amen. Uh, thank God. It says there, We're separated unto you see, when I got saved, amen, <laughs> separation came in my life. It had the power to separate me from sin and, and the consequences of my sin, right? The resurrection completed the message of salvation and provided for our justification. Boy, I'm, I'm so glad uh, that I don't have a, a, a religion. I tell people all the time, they say, oh, well, aren't you religious? I say, no. Well, I thought you were a preacher. That's right. But I'm not religious, amen. Aren't you glad you don't have religions this morning? I don't have a knowledge that was pumped into my head. I have a transformation that took place in my heart and life through the power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The power of the resurrection, amen. Amen. Was set loose the moment I, by faith, Put my trust in the gospel of Jesus Christ. The power of the resurrection was let loose in my life. The dynamite of God went on. Old things were passed away. All things become new. Amen. The dynamite of God. Boy, boy, I tell you what, nothing like that when it explodes in your life and transforms your life. Again, the resurrection completed the message of salvation and provided for our justification. Romans 4.25 says this this way, talking about the Lord, who was delivered for our offenses, but was raised again for our justification. You see, at conversion, the moment you get saved, the believer is raised with Christ, spiritually and positionally. God sees the true believer identified with his son in death. You see, by faith, we participated, amen, in that death, burial, and resurrection. And he imputes to the believer these things. He puts them to our account. In God's eyes, every believer is dead in Christ to sin. In his eyes, the believer is raised to new life in Christ. The power of the resurrection, amen, is activated in your life when you believe the gospel. If you are saved, the same power that raised up Christ is inside you. It's transformed you and continues to work on your behalf to keep you secure in Christ. 1 Corinthians 6, 11 says, and such were some of you. That's such a wonderful thing to be able to say. Boy, the, the world wants to get you, to keep, keep you tied down to sin and say, oh, you've always been that way. You'll never be that way. You know, uh, the, I'll tell you a word that's really misused is the word hypocrite. You know, they think if you've ever done something, then you can never say anything against it. Well, you know, like you, if you get up, say something against alcohol. Why are you hypocrite? Didn't you drink when you were a teenager? Say something against dope. 
Why, you hypocrite, didn't you smoke dope when you were a kid? <laughs> Say something against uh, uh, fornication. Why, didn't you do stuff when you were in high school? Oh, I did, but I got saved. I got saved. That's what I used to be. Amen. But I got saved. I'm no longer that. I've been forgiven. A hypocrite is not somebody who used to do something. A hypocrite who tries to act like he doesn't do anymore, but he still does it. Now, if you're still, if, if, you're, if, if you're a Christian and, and you still drink, right, then you're a hypocrite. If you're a Christian and you still do some of those things, then you're a hypocrite, right? But if you used to do those things, amen, but you got saved, but you got transformed, amen, such were some of you. Thank God, amen. Oh, look, I'm ashamed that I was that. That's why I love Romans 1.16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because I got a lot of things in my life I'm ashamed of. But the day I got saved, I got something I'm not ashamed of. Amen. And I'm not ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why I want to talk about him and what he's done, not me and what I used to do. I want to brag on him. Such were some of you. But look, but ye are washed. But ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of of God. You see, when I got saved in the power of the resurrection, the dynamite of God exploded in my life. I was, it disconnected me from my old life and connected me to a new life, the life of the gospel. So I was separated from that old life. I was separated from what I, uh, I was, and now I'm separated under the gospel, amen? It's like, it's like a train. You've unhooked the old train, and now you're hooked to the new train, amen? And you're just riding, amen, and trying to stay on track for Jesus, amen, as you follow him. What a wonderful thing that is. Now, notice verse 2, which is interesting. He says, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. See, that's what we need to understand. The message of the resurrection is the message of the Bible, it's not just a New Testament message, but it's a throughout the Bible message. Listen, the resurrection is all through the Word of God. It just didn't show up in the New Testament. Now we read about it happening in the New Testament, but it's all through the Word of God. Let me give you some verses. Acts 3.18 says this, But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets. Who's he talking about? <laughs> those that wrote the Old Testament. He showed by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. That's why it says in 1 Corinthians 15, he died according to the scriptures. He was buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Well, all they had, the scriptures, was the Old Testament. So that means he did it like it was prophesied in the Old Testament. Acts 13, 26 uh, through 30 says this, Men and brethren, all right, uh, the, the man's preaching says, children of the stock of Abraham and whosoever among you feareth God to you is the word of this salvation sent. Now, notice what, what the preacher says here. Verse 27 of Acts 13. For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, look at this, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath. Say, man, they heard the message every, every Sabbath and they still didn't get it. You know, I'm amazed at how long even some people of believers have been in church, and you know what? I'm thinking, man, they still don't get it. Oh, man, I hope you get it this morning. They have fulfilled them in condemning him. 
And though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired that, Pi they, that Pilate, that he should be slain. Verse 20, and when they had fulfilled, look at this, all that was written of him. You see, the more that they rebelled against him, the more they fulfilled the word of God. You see, this world, the more that they rebel against the things of God, you know what they're doing? They're fulfilling the scripture because that's what God said would happen. You see, all that was written of him, they took him down there and laid him in a sepulcher, but God raised him from the dead. You see, God wrote about the resurrection even in the Old Testament. Job, look what Job said in Job 19. He said this, and Job's what? The oldest book in the Bible. The oldest book in the Bible. And Job said this, for I know that my Redeemer liveth. Amen. Hey, Job, you know what? I can say in 2023, I know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, look at this, yet in my flesh, I shall see God. Job said that. He knew about the power of the resurrection. The power of the resurrection runs all through the word of God. He goes on to say this, whom I shall see for myself. <laughs> Woo, we can say that. Whom I shall see for myself and my eyes shall behold and not another. Well, I, even Hey, what's it say when Jesus is ascending up there in Acts 1? This same Jesus. Even Job knew this same Jesus. Oh, not another. Amen. That one that's going to die for me. You see, he looked forward by faith. And Job said, that one that's going to die for me, that one that's going to shed his blood for me, that's one that's going to be rose again for me, that's the one I'm going to see by faith. I look ahead and I know that my Redeemer liveth. By faith, I look ahead and I know that one day he's going he's to rule and reign on this earth. By faith, I know even that one day this old body is going to lay down. One day he's going to raise it. Amen. And give me an incorruptible body and I shall see him and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. Job, amen, he knew the power of the resurrection. And then David in Psalm 16, 9 and 10 says this, Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. Now think about this. David, 750 years or so before Christ stepped on the earth, David talked about the hope of the resurrection. David said, hey, when they lay me down, my heart is glad. Why? He said, my flesh is going to rest in hope. Verse 10, for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. You see, Peter referred to these verses in his message on the day of Pentecost, and he knew they were talking about Christ. And he said this, men and brethren, Acts 2, 29, Peter said when he was preaching, men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David. He's both dead and buried. Well, he's, we, we can find his grave. And his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ. Hear that? Raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He seen this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ. How, how can you get any clearer than that? That 750 years or so before Christ walked the earth, David prophesied about the resurrection of Christ. He says, he, through his loins, the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus, this Jesus 
hath God raised up whereof we all are witnesses. What a wonderful thing. Isaiah believed in the power of the resurrection as well. Listen to this verse from Isaiah. Thy dead men shall live, together with my body shall they arise. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in dust, for thy dew is as the dew of the herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. You see, one day we're going to rise again. Amen? We're going to rise by the power of the resurrection. You see, there is and only ever has been one way of salvation. I don't care what the hyperdispensational say, amen? There's only one way of salvation. It's always been through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so you see that the message of the resurrection is the message of the Word of God throughout. Verse 3 says this, Concerning his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. You see, the Bible makes it clear that he is, that Christ was the seed of David, just like David prophesied, just like others prophesied. You see, if you take the time, we have his legal genealogy, right? His legal genealogy is recorded in Matthew 1, and it goes all the way back to Abraham. We have his biological genealogy recorded in Luke 3, and it goes all the way back to Adam. You see, God's word is clear. Yes, he's the one. <laughs> like the song says, yes, he's the one. How do we know? Hey, we look. Yes, he's the seed of David. He's the promised seed of the woman in Genesis 3.15 that will bruise Satan's head. He's the promised seed of Abraham in Genesis 12 through which the whole earth will be blessed. And he's the promised seed of David to sit on the throne. And so I say it again. It's clear. The Bible makes it clear. Yes, he's the one. But not only is it clear through the word of God that he's the seed of David, but again, we look at verse 4 and says, and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. That word, I like that word declared. It means marked off. You know, like you're going down a list and you're checking it off, right? You say, okay, let's make sure. Uh, born in Bethlehem, check. Amen. Born of a virgin, check. Of the seed of David, check. <laughs> what about the Son of God? Boom, rose again, Amen. check. That's what it means. It means to mark off. It means verified. How was it verified? Well, over here, well, you see, I mean, we, know, we can verify he's the seed of David right here. We got, the, we got the records right here. But how do we know he's the Son of God? How can you put, well, right over here. Follow me right over here is an empty tomb, amen. And this empty tomb verifies, this empty tomb declares, amen, that he is the Son of God with power and holiness. It shows us. You see, you can check the box. <laughs> Son of God check. Amen. He's the son of God in power, right? In the spirit of holiness. You see, as the son of God, that shows he has the power over the person of sin, the devil. Then it talks about the spirit of holiness. That shows he has the power over the practice of sin. He lived a holy life. It doesn't matter how you look at Jesus, amen. He was a holy God. He's a holy man. He was the holy lamb of God that paid the price for our sin. And then the resurrection shows he has the power over the penalty of sin. He's got the power over the person of sin, the practice of sin, and the penalty of sin. And that's what he gives you, amen. When you get saved, he gives you power over the 
the person of sin. That's why he came. He came to destroy, the Bible says, destroy the works of the devil in your life. And then he, that Holy Spirit that indwells you gives you the power, amen, uh, 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 to have power over the practice of sin. We know, no, you do not have to give in. Young people, the world is out there tempting you. Hey, the, it doesn't matter. I say young people, hey, listen, uh, even if you're middle-aged like me, might be on the high end of that middle-aged, amen. Okay, a little more than middle-aged, whatever it is, amen. My new motto is, you know what my new motto is, right? I'm pushing 60, but I'm pushing it out of the way. That's my new motto, and I'm sticking with it, right? But hey, listen, it'll give us the power. We don't have to practice sin. I don't care what the world tells you, what your peers tell you, like Brother Wood was talking about in Sunday school. You don't have to give. If you've been saved, if you've been born again, the power of the resurrection, amen, resides in your heart and soul. You don't have to give in to sin. You don't have to practice sin. You don't have to listen to the devil. You don't have to listen to the world. You don't have to listen to the flesh, amen. You can walk in the spirit of holiness and in the power of the resurrection. He said this, Jesus said this in Romans 1.18. I love this where it talks about the Lord. He said, I'm he that liveth. He said, now I was dead. <laughs> he said, oh yeah, I was dead. Ah, about three days. <laughs> I was dead three days. Romans 1.18. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. I'm alive forevermore. Boy, he, he, he liked the way that sounded. You know what he said after that? He said, amen. <laughs> he said, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and death. He controls. He controls. And you know what? He can, he can, he can open up and it can lock, right? And boy, when you got saved, amen, he locked your access to death. He locked your access to hell. You no longer have to worry about spiritual death. You no longer have to worry about a place called hell. He, he locked that, amen, he locked your access to those things when he saved your soul. What a wonderful thing that is. My friend, anyone who denies the bodily resurrection, and I want to emphasize that again, the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ denies the plain testimony of Scripture, the plain testimony of the Bible, the word of God. You see, Calvary, thank God for Calvary. Calvary showed us the price of his promise. He had to suffer. He had to shed his blood. That was the price of his promise. But the resurrection again shows us the power of his promise. Amen. The power of his promise. Calvary brought together God's love, God's holiness, and God's blood. That's what however, you see, that's why there's a Calvary. You know, everybody, again, I've said this before, everybody likes to talk about, oh, God is love, God is love. But the main thing about God is not his love. It's his holiness. It's his holiness. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And because he's holy, he can't have interaction with sin. His love wanted to interact with you, but his holiness said no because of your sin. And that's what happened. Holiness and love got together and made a cross. And you see, and the demands of holiness were met and that the desires of love were fulfilled at the cross, amen. And the blood was shed. That's what happened. We saw his love there. We saw his holiness there. We saw his blood there. 
at Calvary. But resurrection, amen, it's the resurrection that showed the power of his love. It's the resurrection that showed the power of his holiness. It's the resurrection that shows the power of his blood. And that's why 2,000 years later, we can still sing, there's power in the blood because that power in the blood, amen, the spirit of God is the resurrection power of holiness that brought him out of that grave. Amen. Calvary. Thank God for that and the resurrection. So he's been declared to be the son of God. We do not deny for a second that we believe as the children of God that Jesus Christ is indeed the promised one. That Jesus Christ indeed, just go ahead and say, I'm checking that box off. I'm not ashamed to put a check next to that box that says Jesus Christ is the son of God. I'm not ashamed to put a check next to that box that Jesus Christ is the only way. I'm not ashamed, amen, to put a check next to that box that I believe that Jesus rose again the third day, amen, in power and in holiness. So the word of God goes on to say, talking about the Son of God, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith. You see, because of the power of the resurrection, amen, God bestowed his grace upon us. And you so, and, and he also made us, you know, we know there's only the, uh, the office of the apostles, but we've all been given an apostleship, if you will. That word just means sent forth. All of us, amen, God showed his grace on us Right. And then he called us all to go. We've all been called to go and be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And through that power of the resurrection, as I said before, we have power for obedience to the faith. There's no reason. There's no excuse not to be obedient to your Savior, not to be obedient to your Heavenly Father, not to be obedient and live a life according to the precepts and principles of the Word of God. You can be obedient, amen, through the power of the resurrection, through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life for His name. <laughs> well, that's, that's the only reason we ought to do it. If you're doing it for any other reason, Vanity, vanity, all is vanity. Oh, but if you're doing that, if somebody says, well, why did you go to church today? Oh, for him. <laughs> hey, why, why, did, why did you get on a plane and go over there? For him. What, why why, why why'd you help this person or why did you do that? For him. That ought to be the answer. For all that we do, we do for him. Because he died for us and shed his blood for us and he rose again the third day for us and he is worthy that everything we do in our life should be for his name, that name above all names, that name through all, <laughs> that name of Jesus. Boy, I wish I could sing right now. <clears throat> hey, catch me at the throne about, you know, a thousand years after you've been up there, I'll sing a song for you, amen. I'll sing a song for you. That's what I'm going to do when I get to say, after I've been there about a million years, I said, you know what I think I'm, you think I'm going to do? I'm going to find everybody that made fun of me when I was singing. I'm going to sing them a special. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be looking for you, buddy. Looking for you. Look at this. Among whom are you also the called of Jesus? We'll finish up here. To all that be at Rome, beloved of God. Think about that. Well, you say, I mean, you, you might look over that person next to you and say, I'm glad she loves me. I'm glad he loves me. Got mama right there. Hey, no doubt. Mama loves you. Well, you think about somebody right now. Oh, man, I'm, I'm so glad they love me. 
But think about God right now. You and you and you and you. <laughs> You're beloved of God. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, but that's just so wonderful. Yeah. I, I, that's one of the reasons I like to travel. Because, I mean, it's just fun to walk into a, a place and say, hey, I, I just thought I'd stop by and tell you there is a God and he loves you and you amen, and you amen. and you and you and you and you and you. Man, how many people you got in this place? I'm getting tired. And you and you and you just to be able to go around and say that to everybody that you know, beloved of God. Called to be saints. Boy, I want to talk about that for a sake. Called to be saints. Let me tell you, can you believe that? I mean, these people talk about all these saints. How many have heard of St. Karen? Would you like to sound that? St. Karen. Amen. Here's what that word means. Its fundamental idea is separation, consecration, devotion to the service of God, sharing in God's purity. That's what, that's what you, as a child of God, you share in God's purity and abstaining from earth's defilement. That's what a child of God does. He, 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 he enjoys the fact that, amen, the purity of God indwells him, and then he abstains from earth's defilement. It's spoken of those who are purified and sanctified by the Spirit, and that's you if you've been born again. You see, that is what the power of the resurrection did in your life. You are a saint of God. You don't have to wait till you die. And I don't, I sorry, We tried to find a miracle that Karen did, but we couldn't find one miracle. I think you've got to have at least two. Sorry, Karen. Hey, listen. Right? John the Baptist, what they say about him? What they say about John the Baptist? One of my favorite verses about John the Baptist is what? It says, he did no miracle, but what? But everything about Jesus was true. <laughs> hey, listen. I, I may never perform uh, no miracle. They might, ah, he went through life. Man, I can't believe it, man. Uh, uh, he served the Lord 50 years. Can't trace one miracle back to this boy. That's all right. That's all right. But as long as they can say, oh, when he was with them gypsies, he told the truth about Jesus. When he went to Africa, he told the truth about Jesus. When he was in Germany, he told the truth about Jesus. When he pastored Choice Hills Baptist Church, he told the truth about yeah. Jesus. Oh, listen, as long as they can say that, that's all I need to hear. Amen. Amen. That wherever he went, wherever she went, wherever he went, wherever you went, amen, as a child of God. Boy, maybe they can't throw a bunch of other, what's that word, accolades? Is that, is that the word, accolades? See, I ain't got none of that there education. I told people, I listen, I learned a long time ago I'll never have a master's degree, so I've dedicated my life to getting a servant's degree. Amen. Listen to me, but oh, listen. When you lay your head down, they can say, she told her children, she told her grandchildren, she told her great-grandchildren the truth about Jesus. I'd say that's enough. I'd say that's enough. Wherever she went, all that she did, all that she met, she told them the truth about Jesus. I'd say that's enough. You see, the truth of the resurrection encourages us and should encourage us to live a steadfast Christian life. Amen. Turn over to 1 Corinthians 15 and we'll close with these verses. That's what it says. We know what 1 Corinthians 15 is what? It's all about the resurrection. Well, if there be no resurrection, or I mean, you know, hey, then, but there is. And listen, notice, again, let us be reminded how 1 Corinthians 15 ends, talking about the power of the resurrection. We'll just begin at verse 55. Oop, 
boy, wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be fun just to look, look, look death, look the grave in the eye and say, Mr. Death, where's thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. Well, got that taken care of. Jesus took care of that. The strength of sin is the law. Hey, I'm not under that anymore. So, but thanks be to God. But thanks be, boy, that's, that's how we ought to leave here today as we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to leave here to say, and thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, now remember, when you see a therefore, you're supposed to what? See what it's there for. Well, what's that there for? Therefore, right, as, as this great chapter on the resurrection concludes, it says, listen, We've proved the point. There is a resurrection. It did happen. He did come out of that grave. And because it's true, and because it's real, and because the power of that resurrection, amen, is in your life, you've believed it. Therefore, you know what you ought to do, my beloved brethren? Be steadfast, unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know. How do you know? He lives. He lives. How do I know he lives? Because he lives within my heart. And because of that, I know because it's real, because it's true, because he rose again the third day, I know that these last 36 years have not been in vain. I know these last how many, 60, 70 years, however many. Listen, doesn't matter. I don't know how you feel today physically, emotionally. Sometimes we get beat down. But I want you to know, sister, all these years, got a son on the mission field, a grandson on the mission field. I'm here to tell you, it has not been in vain. Her, her knees hurt, and she's having that Bible study. She's trying to make it a Sunday school. But listen, despite the pain in the aches, be assured, be encouraged, my child. Your labor has not been in vain because he lives, because it's true, because it's real. And one day, amen, your reward in heaven will be real when he looks at you and says, well done, my faithful child. Your labor's not in vain. There it is. He tags that on in the Lord. And I pray that's what it is. Therefore, again, because the resurrection is true and real, because the resurrection is true, amen, because it basically comes down to this. Because it's true, I want to be true. Amen. That's really all it comes down to. Because it's true, I want to be true. And the only thing better than preaching the message of the resurrection is participating in amen. the resurrection by way of salvation, and I pray that you have. If you've not, the Bible says this, Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart, what? That God has raised him from the dead. That is true. Yes. Thou shalt be saved. Let's pray.